dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over in life or in business. All walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down. Stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy, experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Here's your host, Tracy Winchell. Episode R028 of the Reboots podcast features, well, no guest. (laughs) It's my story. From the very beginning of the Reboots podcast, I've wanted to share my story. And in fact, uh, for the past year, it seemed a bit duplicitous asking such deeply personal questions of so many people without making myself more vulnerable. During the past year, since even before the Reboots podcast first episode dropped, um, I've talked with other people. I've prayed about how to best feature my own story. A couple of the questions. Should someone interview me? Do I open the mic and just start talking? Is there a third option? And during the past few weeks, some things have converged in a way that lets me know now is the time. So one of the things is uh, I'm, I'm on a podcast tour. Uh, I've been interviewed on other podcasts and I've been candid about my own reboots and recovery journey. Also, in June 2018, I was awarded a five-year coin from Celebrate Recovery. That, to me, has been a huge milestone in my life and in my recovery. And plus, uh, as part of that celebration, I've shared my story a couple of times recently at Celebrate Recovery meetings. And if you've listened to more than a handful of Reboots episodes, you may already know I am in recovery for unresolved grief. And not quite half of our Reboots episodes up to now are celebrate recovery stories. In fact, my recovery journey is a key ingredient to, well, why the Reboots podcast exists. So what I finally decided on how to share my story, it's the third option. I'm going to read you an abbreviated version of the stories that I have shared in Celebrate Recovery. Edits that I've made have been to uh, protect other people, um, but for the most part, uh, the story is intact, and with a few exceptions with those um, moments where I'm trying to protect other people, uh, I'm going to include the entire Celebrate Recovery story uh, that I've shared recently in the show notes. We'll give you uh, a link to those show notes, show notes um, after I share my story. So without further ado, let's dive in to Tracy's story. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I celebrate recovery over unresolved grief. I struggle with perfectionism. My name is Tracy. So let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. That's Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Following God requires disruption. That's an entry to uh, a journal 
that I wrote in a couple of years ago. My recovery journey has indeed been one of disruption. I first shared my story with a Celebrate Recovery group in 2014. And back then, I painted a picture of a career-fueled Tracy burned out from throwing her life into careers as a broadcast journalist, country music DJ, financial practitioner, and radio broadcaster turned public servant because that's a logical career progression, right? In 2015, I updated my story to reflect some changes, spiritual growth, along with career struggles that soon after I shared my story resulted in an upheaval where I worked. Not because I shared my story, but because of the timing. Here's what happened right after I shared my story in 2015. My boss abruptly retired rather than eliminate positions and fire senior management. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that. His bosses were getting paid poorly to make some very tough decisions. It turns out that I was one of those senior managers elected officials wanted gone. In several weeks after my boss's retirement, it turns out it was my turn to pack up my office quietly and walk away after 12 years of public service. About that time, I also made the decision to put my house on the market after 20 years of living in a beautiful little neighborhood in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And just as I was settling into a new life of living with my mom just outside Fort Smith, and working to build a consulting business, my mom and I lost a dear friend. I lost a former boss and a mentor. You know, the guy who retired rather than implement the changes he thought were detrimental to lives and to the citizens of our community? Yeah, that guy. We'd lost our friend, Ray. Disruption, indeed. So let's back up a little bit. What brought me to celebrate recovery? Fear, disappointment, anger, and denial. Before Celebrate Recovery, losing my parents was probably my greatest fear, and yeah, it's still right up there. But when my daddy died, I had no way of articulating the emotions about God, about myself, about my dad, and about my life that were collecting around the realization of that overwhelming fear. So what was my relationship with God like before CR? Brennan Manning kind of sums it up. I wasn't here in what I'm about to read. Manning wrote, The majority of our hurts in our lives, the endless massaging of the latest bruise to our wounded ego, feelings of fear, grudges, resentment, and bitterness, come from our refusal to embrace our abject poverty, our obsession with our rights, our need for esteem in the eyes of others. If I follow the counsel of Jesus and take the last place, I won't be shocked when others put me there too. So that wasn't me. <laughs> I was shocked when I was treated the way the rest of the world saw me. So I learned about Celebrate Recovery from a friend who had been attending in Northwest Arkansas for about a year. I had just finished reading and praying my way through the book of John and then the Sermon on the Mount. These were suggestions from uh, my friend Chris, who is a local minister, and uh, you can hear his story on a previous Reboots podcast, Chris Benjamin. 
So the story of the Sermon on the Mount had both comforted and enraged me. What do you mean, blessed are those who mourn? That is the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life, God. I was furious with God, with those around me, and later I figured out that I was most angry with myself. I lashed out at the people closest to me. I hurt them in their grief over my dad's death. I was jealous of others, angry when they called to check on me, furious when they didn't, and work was a mess. Well-meaning people would try to console me. At least you had your daddy for a long time. Grief counseling tip, and I offer this as kindly as I possibly can. It's not helpful to begin sentences with at least for those who are grieving. Anyway, when I, when I read that Celebrate Recovery was based on the Beatitudes, I thought I might find some answers <laughs> about that blessed or those who mourn nonsense. By January following my daddy's passing, I was shocked that God didn't fix everything. After all, Mama and I had been so brave in that few months after his passing. We'd survived my birthday and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I was tired of this little test. I was a little girl throwing a screaming fit on the floor. God, I was good. I believed. And so the truth came out about my belief. It worked something like this. I believe, God. Well, mostly, maybe. Okay, I believe sometimes. It was easy to believe when I thought my beliefs about God or anything else were better than somebody else's. Here's the truth. I didn't really care about faith. I just wanted what I wanted. And what I wanted was God to roll back the clock and make everything just like it was. That sounds like nonsense today, right? It was. But that's what I thought. So here's what I've learned about who I was. There are several things uh, about who I was. Uh, these are the top four. Uh, I've listed more at rebootspodcast.com forward slash my recovery journey. All right, here we go. Who I was. I didn't process grief well beginning at the age of six. I grieved greatly over the loss of the breakup of the marriage of my childhood friends. I only knew who I was in the context of where I worked and what I did for a living and what I thought my friends and the public expected of me. I compared myself to people. Belittling others helped me feel better about myself. Being jealous of the success others achieved frustrated and angered me and made me feel unworthy, unlucky, and victimized. I played the victim card vigorously and often. So what about the new me? Working the 12 steps through step study groups still to this day helps me live as Jesus teaches us to live. In that first step study especially, we unpacked lifetimes of garbage together. During that step study, I finally figured out I wasn't the only one on the planet who had suffered loss. 
I'll offer some uh, links about what a step study is in the show notes and also uh, go a little bit deeper in, in the blog post. So the new me, I'm a better listener. I cling less to the past. I take responsibility for what I can change, even when sometimes the decisions are nothing more than a response to the actions of others. A couple of years ago, I attended a Celebrate Recovery East Coast Summit. That's an annual gathering of Celebrate Recovery leadership. It is a training conference with no kidding leadership training that rivals any corporate event I've ever attended. It's advanced curricula backed by scripture and science. So these Fortune 100 consultants, maybe you've heard of them, Drs. Henry Cloud and John Townsend each speak. They wrote the book Boundaries in the 90s, and they have quietly helped John Baker and Saddleback Church build and scale Celebrate Recovery. Cloud and Townsend's influences have helped us establish guidelines and practices that make Celebrate Recoveries around the world safe places. So a self-improvement nerd like me, well, you'd think I would have been in heaven, right? With all that learning about how lots of science backs scripture when it comes to being a better human, well, that was good, but that wasn't my most overwhelming moment at summit. My most overwhelming summit at 20 or moment at summit 2016, it was meeting the skit guys link to the skit guys in the show notes in case you haven't heard from it, heard of them. So understand something here. I recognize that not everyone has heard of the skit guys, right? Well, I've interviewed the late Sam Walton and the late Bob Hope. Of course, they weren't the late back then because that would be weird to interview somebody like that. <laughs> so I interviewed these guys while they were still alive. I've interviewed Bill Clinton dozens of times. Mike Huckabee, sure. Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter, yep. Those two, it turns out, were pretty close friends and they uh, were uh, appeared at a lecture event in Poto, Oklahoma years ago. So what about Neil Armstrong? Yep, interviewed him. And I've met Captain Kangaroo, Big Bird. So I'm not an autograph seeker, really. It's hard for me to be impressed with the celebrity kind of thing. But the skit guys, when I met them at 2016 Summit, they buckled my knees. I melted into tears. And for the rest of the day, uh, I was in tears after meeting Tommy and Eddie and getting to visit with them at that event. I finally figured out where the emotion was coming from. I realized how much a part the skit guys played in teaching me to laugh again, and that helped me finally start to get better after my dad died and I started recovery. So here are a few observations I, I jotted down about recovery after we got back from Summit. And uh, there are more of these at rebootspodcast.com forward slash my recovery journey. Here are my top three things that uh, I took away from that time at Summit. Recovery is a lifetime process. Next, and this is huge, recovery is the same thing as sanctification in Christ. And it's funny that we pen a, a word, recovery, on scriptural teachings, and yet people scatter because of their perception of what 
a a 12-step program is and who actually goes to a 12-step, who needs 12 steps. Recovery is the same thing as sanctification in Christ, but we scatter because we don't understand what the word means. Recovery is also a process sanctioned and encouraged by the discipline of clinical psychology. Once again, many of us are past the stigma of psychology and therapy. We're willing to give treatment a try, but then when we slap the word recovery on basically the same thing, we run like mad women and men despite the relief and joy and serenity that we begin to believe could await us if we would just dive in. We think it's just not worth it to be labeled. Wow. All right. There's a vast difference between going home after hearing someone's story during a Celebrate Recovery meeting and saying, I don't have it quite so bad after all, versus leaving that venue and hearing someone's story in Celebrate Recovery or on the Reboots podcast knowing that you and I, too, can accept this world as it is and not as I would have it. So what's up with Tracy now? What's with my recovery journey as of June 2018? I can share some new wrinkles in my life and the results of some hard work that I believe is a direct result of obedience to God. So I tend to celebrate recovery on Thursday nights and have for five years. Well, in January, I started volunteering at a brand new Celebrate Recovery at West Ark Church of Christ. I've been helping the leadership team. I've enjoyed learning some new roles, and it's been good for me to serve. I love watching other people grow and smile and start to get better. So that's where I am on Monday nights. On Thursday nights, I'm at Community Bible Church, Fort Smith, at that Celebrate Recovery meeting. And yes, recovery takes up 40% of my weeknights, and I'm really good with that. As I, I, I've said in the interview, or in the uh, uh, introduction to uh, this podcast, I recently received my five-year coin, and I completed a fourth step study at the end of June. And finally, as part of this Reboots podcast during the past year, I've interviewed more than 30 people about their Reboots and quite a few attendees that I've met in recovery have shared their stories and I'm so grateful to them. They took a chance on me before I really knew what I was doing. There are links to these episodes in the show notes. All right, so let's get to the nitty gritty. Is Celebrate Recovery right for you? Couple of a couple of tests, a couple of questions. Um, is the pain of your current situation greater than your fear of embarking on a recovery journey? Yeah, you're ready for celebrate recovery. Matthew five three, the message version says, "You are blessed when you're at the end of the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and His rule." So when we're at the end of our ropes, we know it's time to try something different. That's what happened to me. All right, next question. Is Celebrate Recovery right for you? Are you tired of judging and being judged? Maybe you've had enough of other people telling you how to fix yourself? Then sure, you're ready for Celebrate Recovery because no one's going to tell you how to fix you. 
in Celebrate Recovery, we love and support one another and we pray for one another and we work our steps together. My friend Ed Saucier, who was, uh, has been on uh, the Reboots podcast, says, and this is a, a, a Billy Graham uh, riff uh, off a Billy Graham quote, we must leave with God the responsibility for spiritual conviction. It is our job to love. And that's what happens in Celebrate Recovery. You know, in conclusion, I'm in awe of the message Jesus delivered, the Beatitudes. It serves as the system for living as Jesus did. Ultimately, I believe the Beatitudes are the answer to living this life abundantly. Whatever label works, whatever we're calling it, whether recovery or a 12-step program or some fancy high-priced package business consultant sell to Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 100 companies. Practicing and sharing this process of sanctification, the Beatitudes, I believe is the cure for what ails our angry nation. Of course, I could be wrong. So recovery has not caused the disruption in my life. Recovery has guided my responses to the profound loss of people that I love. It's guided my response so that I can see that losing a job has really been a new opportunity for me to recalibrate priorities in my life and to live according to the next right choice in front of me, trusting that God will, in his time, grant me greater clarity. I waited and waited and waited for God. At last, he looked. Finally, he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. That is Matthew 4, 1 through 3, the message. Thank you for hearing my story. I love to open interviews with Reboot's guests by asking them where they share their story and why. And very often, especially on the recovery side, uh, the people who share their stories on the Reboot's podcast say they share their stories because the more often they share their stories, the pain lessens just a little bit and they identify themselves as being that person who has gone through X a little bit less at a time. And the same is true with me. I share my story because I don't want to be identified as that person who has done these things or thought these things or has had these particular careers or these particular hurts and hang-ups. I want to grow in the knowledge that my identity is found in what Jesus Christ thinks of me. And he died on the cross so that he could see me as fully sanctified in the kingdom of heaven. So that's one of the reasons I share my story. And another reason is that 
if I can bring hope to someone else who is also struggling through grief or general hangups versus chemical addiction, and I want to demystify and de-stigmatize, destigmatize um, the recovery journey. Uh, we have a saying in recovery, recovery isn't for those who need it. It's for those of us who want it. Um, so that's why I share my story. We're going to have some more information about um, my recovery journey um, and celebrate recovery in our show notes and in the blog post. Uh, you can find that at rebootspodcast.com forward slash my recovery story. In addition, we're going to have links to other Celebrate Recovery related reboots episodes. And I'm going to uh, provide uh, links to Celebrate Recovery's eight principles that are based on the Beatitudes and the 12 steps. And we're going to provide a link so that if you're interested in finding a Celebrate Recovery near you, you can do that pretty easily. Uh, a note about Celebrate Recovery. I am part of the CR program at Community Bible Church, Fort Smith, and at West Ark Church of Christ in Fort Smith. In no way do I represent the national organization. I work the steps on a daily basis. I serve as a local volunteer and leader. And so I am grateful that you have listened to my story. And if you have questions about CR, I would love to hear from you. I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that if you want to book a call with me to talk about recovery, you can do that. Or if you want to just send me uh, an email, I'm at tracy at rebootspodcast.com. I'm Tracy Winchell, and we're going to see you next time. Deo Valente. We hope this episode has helped you in some way. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe someone you care about might benefit from the Reboots Podcast. It's easy to share from our website, RebootsPodcast.com. The Reboots Podcast is a production of Winchell Storyworks Incorporated, a company dedicated to helping businesses and individuals know, share, and live their stories in order to impact the world around us in a positive way and to achieve financial freedom.